0: everyone and welcome back to Air Magique.
1: I'm your host Eric and with me is my amazing co-host Niels. Hello everyone! Today we are continuing our European theme park spotlight series by taking a close look at Tivoli Gardens. Eric got a visit a few weeks ago and is going to share all his insights.
0: Yes, I love me some theme parks that are so old, they inspired Disneyland itself. But before we get to all that, I did want to mention that this month's Patreon exclusive episode will be all about the new downtown restaurant at the Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel. Neil's got to dine there and is going to spill the tea Hmm. on how that experience was. So the food, the ambiance, the best and the worst dishes. (laughs) We're talking all about it exclusively on patreon.com slash And you can get access to all of our exclusive bonus episodes for just two euro per month. Stick around till the very end for a short preview of that full-length episode. And thank you so much to all of our patrons supporting Air Magique. So Niels, what news item
1: caught your attention in the past few weeks? Well, it's time for a small round of self-congratulations, Eric. Because yes! we predicted that the new Marvelified Hotel New York would feature jazzy remixes of famous Marvel melodies uh, on our pre-opening walkthrough episode. And so he does disneyland paris finally released the disney's hotel new york the art of marvel soundtrack on most streaming platforms like uh, spotify which is awesome as we've all been waiting impatiently for some new disneyland paris music and um, yeah this is this is fantastic this this really made my well my weekend (laughs) totally mine too (laughs) hopefully uh, future entertainment and attraction uh, soundtracks will make their way uh, to the streaming platforms as well but for now this album makes for some excellent background music uh, and it's uh, also a perfect office work background soundtrack So definitely uh, be sure to uh, to check it out
0: i was listening to it with my husband while we were eating breakfast and i didn't tell him what we were listening to and he's like wait isn't that that spider-man thing song i'm like yes oh, it is. he recognized <laughs> yes, it he wow. got the melody out of it because i think at the beginning he was just like oh this is just some nice loungy background music but then he recognized some of
1: the melodies and he's like wait where
0: is this yeah from?
1: <laughs> yeah and they yeah. well focused on a couple of characters or movies like spider-man and avengers yeah. so there are well multiple tracks that, uh, well, (laughs) reproduce the same (laughs) tune, but in different ways. It's a lot of different remixes, uh, basically, but really nice. It's really nice listening. And I appreciate that
0: the mix is an hour long, so you don't hear the same song every five
1: minutes, which is a good thing. So they always do a pretty good job with keeping it pretty diverse. Yeah, and when you're, well, hearing this in the actual hotel or in the bars, then, well, it just... In the background and there are a lot of people <laughs> making noise. Right. So uh, yeah, then it's even less obvious <laughs> if there's some uh, repeating elements totally. in there yeah. <laughs> yeah so what caught your eye eric
0: well disneyland paris has been getting some major r&r and not only is our castle serving up tarp realness while being refurbished but fast pass machines are being removed quicker than my self control when i walk into the disney store <laughs> the Discoveryland lagoon has been drained and is getting a good scrub while disneyland paris engineers are trying to piece back together the orbitron which is looking shinier than ever I can't wait to see the attraction when it's finished, hopefully with all its moving elements restored, serving up some 1992 Discoveryland
1: realness. I would love that. It had so many cool Mm -hmm. little elements to it. Yeah, it's great that, uh, well... It's gonna be restored to the uh, indeed original form. Yeah, There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of small things were not working anymore, and maybe people didn't no. notice. But uh, yeah, it's nice to have it back.
0: I mean, honestly, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. They haven't confirmed that officially, so they might just put it back together, and those things are still not mm-hmm. moving. But I hope so, since they really took it completely apart. So yeah, it'd be a wasted opportunity. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> I would be disappointed if it's. Uh, not having all the original little features yeah yeah agreed (laughs) so first of all tell us briefly what uh, Tivoli Gardens uh, is and where we can find it yeah
0: so Tivoli Gardens is the world's third oldest theme park and pleasure garden it's located in the city of Copenhagen in Denmark and opened its doors on the 15th of August 1843 With 4.6 billion visitors in 2017, Tivoli is the most visited theme park in Scandinavia and the fifth most visited theme park in Europe, just behind Disneyland Park, Europa Park, Walt Disney Studios Park, and Efteling. The park is located so conveniently in downtown Copenhagen that anyone visiting the city can easily check it out. And I highly recommend you do. The place has some fantastic historical attractions, as well as several shows. And just, it's so aesthetically pleasing overall. Nice.
1: The big question is, of course. What's the price to get in, or actually what are the different options to visit with their respective
0: prices? So pricing at Tivoli is a little bit complex on the first look because there are so many different options. What it basically boils down to though is do you want to ride the attractions or just go in and enjoy the ambience of the gardens and outdoor shows? So the base ticket without attractions comes in at one hundred and thirty five Danish krones, which is about 18 euro, 22 US dollars or 15 pounds. Okay. This is, of course, based on current exchange rates and might change at any time in the future. It's also a bit pricier if you do go on the weekend, so it'll be 145 Danish krones, and kids aged 3 to 7 only pay half as much, so that's 60 krones. Okay. Now, we ended up splurging on the so-called, quote-unquote, best offer ticket which grants you unlimited access to the attractions, as well as the aquarium and ride photos, which you get digitally. Mm -hmm. Now, this came in a 409 Danish krone per person, so that's uh, 47 pounds, 65 US dollars, or 54 euro, depending on your local currency. And at the end of the day, this is a smaller park with a limited number of attractions. I would really only suggest the unlimited ticket if you enjoy both thrill rides, which are in abundance, as well as slower rides, or you know you'll be wanting to re-ride things several times in a row. Right. If not, it might be more economical to just take the paper ride approach, which is also available. Mm-hmm. A paper ride. So, what's the price of one ride? Yeah, it varied slightly. From attraction to attraction, but it was like something around the four to eight euro range. Okay. That's what so that's not that. premier access prices from Disneyland Paris. No, it's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I really liked about the park is that the lines were really short. We went on a Monday and there was basically no line. We could always get on right away or with the next train. Uh, I think a lot of folks were really just there to enjoy the gardens. Yeah. It felt like that because the pathways were pretty full of people. Not uncomfortably, Mm -hmm. but still, you know, there were people there. But then if you went towards the attractions, it was pretty empty. So I think a lot of
1: folks were doing the paper ride thing or maybe just not going on the attractions at all. And are those mostly locals that are just going there for the ambience and shows? Yeah, I heard a lot of Danish. Yeah, I can imagine. It feels a bit like Disneyland Anaheim where a lot of locals visit and spend some family time together. And it's not just about the attractions.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think people are definitely enjoying the ambience of the park. Yeah. People also just sitting around the lake and enjoying the view or eating at the restaurants. So I agree. It definitely feels like a locals park. It's so central in
1: the city too. So (laughs) it makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Nice getaway of the city life. Totally. So what made you and your husband decide to visit? And is there anything particular that you really wanted to do or see that attracted you to? Well, go to this park.
0: Yeah, so my husband and I decided to rather spontaneously head to Denmark since we've never been. (laughs) We booked a hotel in the city center and it turned out to be right next to Tivoli Gardens, which I'd never even Mm. heard of at that point, despite its rich history and connection to Disney. I'll talk a little bit more about that (laughs) later on. But what really caught our eye was the design of the drop dead gorgeous entrance and the little peaks of things we got inside the park when you're walking around the outside. It's easy to see that a lot of time and money has been spent on the theming, and it was well invested because it leaves you craving more. <laughs> it was so yeah. intriguing. Okay.
1: Yeah, But definitely a spur-of-the-moment yeah. decision to actually go. Exactly, yeah. It was not uh, the goal of the trip. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> no, no, it was a nice uh, coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> so, can you tell us a bit about the attractions? Are there? Mainly thrill rides, dark rides, family rides, other words. What attraction types do they have and how is the balance between those?
0: Yeah, so Tivoli is mostly made up of thrill and family rides. There are only two real dark rides, the Flying Suitcases, which is an omni-mover style attraction. Mm -hmm. And it was one of my favorites. And then there's a so-called The Mine, which is a boat-based dark ride with a small two meter drop. There's also a really cool immersive horror theater attraction known as Villa Vendetta, Now, this isn't your Haunted Mansion though, this is uh, 18 plus only (laughs) and features real scare actors and it's very comparable to the horror houses you'll find at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. However, even more intense since the actors are allowed to touch you, (laughs) which I honestly would have preferred uh, not to be the case, but it's scary enough without somebody running their fingers like down your
1: spine. And this is all year, right? Yes. It's not a Halloween season thing. No, it's permanent. It's always there. Yeah.
0: And the set design was really spectacular those so if you can handle the jump scares it's really nice just to appreciate how much work went into the space. It's so cool. In total you'll find four roller coasters, 16 kitty rides, um, some of which adults can go on as well. And 13 diverse rides featuring everything from a drop tower to a beautiful themed roundabout boats known as the galley ships, which are so much fun. So there's lots to do and lots to see. If you enjoy both thrill and common rides, you won't have a problem filling a whole day at Tivoli. Mm. If you're only about one or the other, a half day might be enough for you, but only if you don't want to rewrite anything. Right. And do they have like half day tickets or? No, sadly, they don't. You're still no. paying full price. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. I'm I thinking of, let's say, an evening visit or something like that. Yeah,
0: I know Efteling does when we were there. They had a half-day yeah. ticket, which was really nice. So you're only paying, I don't know, more or less 25 instead right. of 45 yeah. euro, let's say. So yeah. it was a great thing. I know Tokyo Disney Sea has those as well, but sadly, Tivoli did not. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: So, what were your favorite two, maybe three attractions? Yeah.
0: Okay. This is really tough to narrow down because there are so many attractions <laughs> that we
1: enjoyed. However, yeah.
0: these three made a lasting impression on me. So, first up is the steampunk style, quote unquote, the Starflyer, which Very Discoveryland vibes here. The attraction is a combination of a high-view attraction and a classic swing carousel. With an impressive height of 80 meters, the Starflyer is one of the highest carousels in Northern Europe. The ride experience itself is quite zen. It's very smooth, so it's not thrilling per se. However, if you have a fear of heights... Diva, this ride is not for you. (laughs) If you don't mind the extreme heights, you're rewarded with really great sweeping vistas of the city of Copenhagen as well as Tivoli Park, and it's so, so gorgeous. They're very strict about letting you take any loose items onto the attraction itself, so don't Ah. expect to take any great selfies while you're up there. They have a free locker system in place just before boarding the attraction and everything has to go in. So your wallet, your key ring, your phone, whatever's <laughs> oh, loose, everything. it has to go in yeah, there. Yeah. yeah. But
1: is there a ride photo or? Sadly, no. As you said, well, no phone. <laughs> I was thinking maybe there's a different way to get your picture.
0: They didn't have ride photos, regrettably, but it was a really nice experience and it's Burned into my mind because it was just such beautiful vistas. Nice. You no, know, I agree with the strict rules because if you drop an iPhone Max Pro from 80 meters height and it lands on somebody's head, you know, that could cause some serious injury. <laughs> you don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, the ride is a steampunk theme featuring a Tycho Brahe's universe with planets, quadrants, zodiacal armillaries, <laughs> 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 telescopes, and astronomical symbols. In the evening, the Starflyer is illuminated and integrates itself nicely into the gorgeous illuminations concept of Tivoli Gardens. Also, just to be fair, Tivoli took some inspiration from Disneyland Paris' Discoveryland Light Fixtures. These look so similar that it made me look twice. Oh, However, really? um, Disney took lots of inspiration from Tivoli
1: as well. So, you yeah. know, it's <laughs> they fair. Thought, I guess. <laughs> well, we can copy back something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If they complain, then we sue them for everything <laughs> they copied from us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But they look exactly like the ones in Discovery Land. It's so crazy. Okay. Anyway, my second pick is The Flying Trunk, which was the only. I mean, quote-unquote, real dark the ride of the park. trunk? Yeah, the flying trunk.
1: Yeah, okay, not the flying trump, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hold on to your toupee. No, Sorry. <laughs> no, it
0: wasn't. So park goers <laughs> go on a gentle journey through 32 fairy tale scenes. You'll recognize many of the fairy tales as they are based off of Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales. Oh, I right. really enjoyed the dark ride's lovingly designed show scenes. It was very Mary Blair in terms of aesthetics. However, with a haunted mansion style narration throughout, it was in English. Which sometimes felt a little bit, yeah, rushed. So I remember this one scene about the little match girl, and it was such a quick. uh Here's how it was delivered in the traction. The little match girl
1: lights the match to warm the night, and dreams of a warm house with a Christmas tree and roast goons.
0: Soon she'll be far away in a place where there's no cold,
1: no hunger.
0: That's it. And then it went on to the next scene. And I was okay. like, wait, I'm sitting in, the, in my trunk and I'm like, wait, did, did he mean that she just died at the end? <laughs> and yes, like of course, because that. oh, wow. that's the end of the story. And it was over so quick. So, um <laughs> yeah. anyway, beautiful dark ride. My only criticism is that I wish they would have maybe done fewer fairy tales and then maybe given the ones they did feature a little bit more depth because it was just this is that and this is that and there the next yeah. one okay, okay. Go. yeah <laughs> you're yeah. like wait what <laughs> a bit abrupt. Yeah, yeah a little bit yeah. abrupt here and there yeah yeah other than that it's a fantastic dark ride with many colorful scenes and moving puppets lots of fun nice now my last pick has to be my favorite precursor to big thunder mountain ever oh. it's simply known as the roller coaster <laughs> in danish Uchebanen. It's one of the oldest running wooden roller coasters in the world. It was built in 1914 and is one of Tivoli's most popular rides to this day. The first thing I noticed besides the Matterhorn-style mountain it's housed in is that each train has its own Tivoli cast member operating it, known as a oh. brakeman. <laughs> they make sure to brake before all the turns and at the end of the ride. Due to the strenuous working conditions of the brakeman, there are strict rules for working hours and breaks. Um Just to be clear here, they also had... a break ladies and uh, a diverse color spectrum of genders. So break. I'm saying break man, but I'm including everybody in this. It was built by engineer Walter Queenland from Ireland, who also built the roller coaster in the world's oldest theme park, dires Havsbacken in 1932. The roller coaster at Tivoli ran its first tour with guests in mid of June 1914. The carriages are pulled up to the starting point by Steel Wire. And the coaster track is about 625 meters long, excluding the workshop area where they take the cars to get repaired. It has a maximum height of 18 meters, and the highest speed is 58 kilometers per hour. Okay, pretty fast. Yeah, I would say in terms of ride intensity, it's very much on that Big Big Thunder thunder, range. So if you can handle that, you can handle this easy. It's family-friendly coaster, but definitely hold on to your little ones at the boarding station because there are absolutely no barriers there. Oh, that sort of okay. stringent safety thing wasn't really a concern back in the day, I guess. No. There are different times, <laughs> and uh, none have been installed to this day, so it's just all open. (laughs) The track and scaffolding are built of wood, while the shell, which represents a mountain, is built of fiberglass, which is really cool. They did a really nice job of that. The current roller coaster is Tivoli's third iteration, so the first dates back to the garden's opening in 1843 and offered parkgoers a seven-second thrill. During the Second World War, due to energy rationing, bargoers had to climb to the top while the carriages were pulled up by hand, which is insane, but I mean it's wartime and you gotta get your roller coaster fixed, so what are you gonna do? (laughs) Wow,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) On the occasion of the track's 100th anniversary in 2014, the two snow-capped mountain peaks that originally towered over the slide at its opening in 1914 were completely restored and reconstructed, and an artificial waterfall was also added with a 22-meter drop, so this is all to underline the illusion of a real mountain Right. railway so it's definitely a must ride when you're visiting the park you could definitely tell that the brake man was breaking the car every time it went downhill so that it didn't gain too much <laughs> momentum or speed <laughs> and then again when it went into the curves and since it's a really old roller coaster they didn't have those i don't know what the proper name is you know when big Thunder mountain goes into the curve it's tilted inward mm-hmm. so the g-forces kind of propel you down into the seat well these curves aren't tilted at all they're just straight up flat curves so you're pushed into your riding buddy's side every
1: single time oh wow yeah and i can imagine that's the experience every time well will be a bit different yeah because of the brake guys and ladies yeah You can probably do it a little bit (laughs) different every ride and yeah. No, a bit more everybody speed has their own or, style. Or,
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> driving style. Yeah. That's really funny to see too, because of course they're um, riding this roller coaster all day, so it doesn't really impress them at all. No. But everybody else on the train is screaming their head off and they're just there with a poker face like, okay, I got a break now.
1: Okay. I got to break out a little bit. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. But it's interesting that Big Thunder is your favorite in uh, Disneyland Paris and uh, here you choose a similar <laughs> attraction.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's just a concept that works so well because it gives you thrills. But at the same time, it doesn't put so much strain on your body with high G-forces that you're like, Oh gosh, I can only ride this once and then ever again. And it's uh, nicely themed, so yeah. Yeah, it's super cute. I wouldn't say it's the best theme thing of the park, but it's definitely very entertaining. Okay.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. So are there also shows in the Tivoli Gardens and, well, did you see one? Yes. So Tivoli Gardens has shows. However, they vary quite drastically from
0: day to day. We only got to see the nighttime spectacular Tivoli Illuminations. Oh, it's illuminations a small again. <laughs> lake. Yeah, Illuminations again. It's a small lake show with uh, dancing fountains, colorful lighting, music, lasers, and fire. Just don't expect uh, Disney Illuminations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Tivoli is a much smaller park with a small lake, and uh, that's where the nighttime show takes place. It's a pretty display, but I wouldn't go as far as to call it spectacular. We definitely enjoyed it, but it also didn't wow us as much as the Efteling nighttime spectacular on the lake did, which is the same... Style of show only much grander. Okay. However, I feel like I'm maybe talking it down a bit. Again, it was really lovely choreographed and very entertaining. Definitely a must see if you spent your day in Tivoli Gardens. Yeah,
1: it's a nice uh, end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. On the other hand, most shows don't have performances every single day. Some only every other. Some only on weekends. It really depends on when you're visiting. So I would recommend to check the online schedule if you're interested in watching one of the performances. Now, I did want to give a shout out to one of the most beautiful outdoor theaters I've ever had the pleasure of seeing. It's called the Pantomime Theater in Tivoli Gardens, and it's easily recognizable by its characteristic peacock curtain and traditional Chinese-style roof. It's Hmm. drop- dead gorgeous. gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, When the Tivoli Gardens first opened, a small, simple theater was already found at the site of the current building near the main entrance. It was made out of timber and painted canvas, and after a series of rebuildings and major repairs, it was finally decided to replace it with a more up-to-date and sturdy building. The architect Wilhelm Dallarup- who was uh, working on the design of the Royal Danish Theatre at the time, was commissioned to design a proposal, and just one year later, the present Peacock-slash-Chinese-style theatre was inaugurated. Rup had never been to China, but he sought inspiration from photographs of buildings and borrowed from building techniques from an engineer who had been stationed in the Far East. Uh-huh. The unique peacock curtain, seriously y'all, check our Instagram for pictures of this or Google them, uh, thank me later, <laughs> is especially noteworthy for its mechanical front curtain that takes five men to operate it to get it to unfold. Mm. It's really elegant unfolds in a circular pattern and then moves down into the floor. To me, it was like one of the most impressive things ever. Sounds good, yeah. (laughs) Today, it's the only theatre in the world where pantomime is still presented as an independent art form. Tivoli's ballet also uses the theatre for its performances, and real Danish royalty was involved in the production, so Queen Marguerite of Denmark was the creative force behind the costumes and set decor until 2019. In conclusion, if you don't see one of the many shows offered, keep your eyes peeled for the gorgeous pantomime theater and really take a moment to appreciate the insane amount of detail and craftsmanship that went into this thing.
1: Nice. Yeah, sounds really good. So, well, when talking about details, the most important thing to me, theming. Is there a specific theme or are there lands or sections with different styles? And how is the theming well, quality-wise if you compare it to Disney, for instance?
0: Yeah, so theming is interesting. Since the park is lovingly designed and put together, I would say yes, there are themed areas with an insane amount of detail. Perhaps not quite as detailed as our highly refined Disneyland Paris, but considering Mm -hmm. this park is almost 120 years older, it's insanely impressive. The areas aren't quite as immersive as Disneyland's, since the concept of sight lines didn't really seem to exist back in the day. Also, some of the larger thrill rides aren't obscured by a mountain or really hidden in any way. So there are however themed areas some more than others but they all fall into a general design concept which I adore. Lots of hand painted details, craftsmanship and decor goes into each area and you can tell the design team really put their hearts and soul into it. Right. Well, there are no official classifications on any park maps at least none of which I saw. Mm -hmm. Their areas are quite distinctly themed, so you enter through the main gate, which in itself is a major eye-catcher, and you'll encounter a celebration of European countries in the form of flags and beautiful lighting in the evening. Heading straight back into the park, you walk past Tivoli's Moorish Palace, mm-hmm. which houses several restaurants and a hotel before encountering the first major influence on Disney, which is the large snow-covered mountain that looks remarkably similar to the Matterhorn no. and houses the previously mentioned Rutschebanen, or just the, the royal. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. This whole area is projecting Germanic Western realness. It's a funny fusion that it's interesting to see. Heading back further, you enter more of a steampunk-slash-village-themed area. The most steampunk thing there is, of course, the Mm Starflyer, which also kind of looks like as if the Orbitron and a watchtower and a carousel had a baby. So that's how I would
1: describe (laughs) it. (laughs) Moving
0: around to the lake area of the park, you pass through a Chinese-inspired area, which also houses the intense but short Demon roller coaster. This area of the park is especially lovely at night due to the hundreds of traditional Chinese oh. lanterns that are strung up all over yeah, the area. It must be magical. Oh, <laughs> it looks so fantastic. And there are all these traditional red chinese lanterns that you know maybe from restaurants yeah Yeah, chinatown yeah chinatown but they (laughs) have just hundreds and hundreds of these all strung up in a grid above you and it looks really great it's an awesome place to take pictures also the traditional chinese pagoda makes for a lot of great photos in the evening especially from the other side of the lake where it reflects beautifully in the water as you continue on you enter an area that gives off a very egyptian slash 1001 nights vibe it's honestly one of my favorites with so many cool details in the buildings and attractions. And heading back past the lake, you pass through a small woodland area which features a mini fairy tale forest, oh. as well as some chic dichromatic glass sculptures by <laughs> Danish-Icelandic artist Olafur Eliasson. Again, these are especially lovely at night and the golden hour, which is, yeah, honestly a bit of a theme in Tivoli. If you don't want to spend all day at Tivoli Gardens, it's worth planning it as an evening activity. The lighting is just so divine and elevates the park to another level. You also get a great view of Tivoli's giant pirate ship in the evenings, which is really fun with all the lights reflecting in the water. Mm. The last major themed area I want to mention is dominated by the drop-dead gorgeous Rosenborg style H.C. Anderson Castle, although it's sometimes referred to as the Tivoli Castle. Mm. Now Tivoli is not really set up to be a Disney style castle park, but if it did have an icon, Well, this would make it into the top three for me. The park only acquired it fairly recently in 1978. However, the castle was built in 1892 by Danish architect Wilhelm Klein. It's a beautiful castle with a plethora of details to appreciate. Also houses the immersive horror theater attraction Villa Vendetta. Anyway, park management must have fallen on its head in 2006 because they announced plans to demolish the iconic castle and build a modern high-rise luxury hotel which, luckily enough, was vetoed by the government, and the oh. castle was declared a historic landmark. So uh-huh. it's protected <laughs> <Yes>! now. <Yeah. laughs> I don't know what they were thinking. Well, a
1: hotel is more money, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I get, of course, the money aspect, but seriously, that would have really ruined yeah. a beautiful, beautiful aesthetic building that they have in their park that needs to be preserved, yeah, a piece of history. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. The whole area around the lake also featured my favorite lighting fixtures of the park. Uh, these whimsical spinning top lanterns that could be found all along the lakes were so unique it's one of the few lighting fixtures i've ever seen in a park that have a kinetic element to them so they're just permanently slowly spinning it looks really cool and it's kind of hypnotic to be honest (laughs) i'll post a short video of them on our socials in the coming days they're a must-see and such a cool detail nice overall i would say tivoli puts a lot of love and thought into the appearance of its park Although it's not as, yeah, it's not on the modern Disney level in terms of sightlines and stylistic consistency, there's enough here to warrant calling it a gorgeously designed theme park, albeit it's small. Yeah. yeah. But
1: it's really cute. Nice. Sounds good, especially for indeed such an old park uh, that they already had. Well, so many different themes incorporated in yeah. the one small park. Yeah. On to the really, really most important thing how was the food? Yeah. <laughs> and what did you eat or a snack? How was the quality and price level of those snacks or meals?
0: We drove to Denmark and had been living off of fast food for the past couple days, not by choice, but because we kept on arriving at our destinations at really strange hours of the night. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. highway stops only feature fast food chains. And we also tried. <laughs> (laughs) I tried some local Danish fast food chains, uh, one called Sunset Boulevard, which was pretty pricey but interesting. The interior design was very Scandinavian, super chic minimalism. But the burger I got was only yeah pretty lukewarm, <laughs> and my fries were super cold. Also, so the best uh, thing I can say minimal. yeah, <laughs> the best thing I can say about that whole experience was that it was okay. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I'd repeat it. Anyway, we decided to go all out at Tivoli Gardens and had an early Danish dinner at Pafuglen. Pafuglen, sorry, Pafuglen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds interesting.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this table service restaurant is à la carte and serves authentic Danish cuisine. What really attracted me besides the food was that the restaurant was housed in this giant traditional winter garden. Glass walls and ceilings let in a lot of light and it was a kind of a yeah, mixed bag rainy day and it really started coming down in the late afternoon so it felt like the perfect time to run into the restaurant and enjoy a nice meal while all the other park visitors were getting soaked outside. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the decor of the interior was also lovely featuring antique carousel horses and concept art, as well as historical posters from the park. So this is the perfect place to dine for anybody interested in getting a peek at Tivoli's aesthetic history. Nice. The food was also pretty great. I started off with a cod fillet served with quail eggs, Crispy chicken skin and a cream oyster emulsion. Mm. It was yummy, and even though the portion was yeah a little bit on the small side, it felt a little bit nouveau cuisine, which I usually don't care for very much, but (laughs) (laughs) I like to eat a lot, okay? (laughs) So you ordered the second dish, right? Yeah, we we ordered two dishes. (laughs) Anyway, since this uh, was just a starter, it was fine. As a main, I ordered the one thing that every tourist visiting Denmark has to eat at least once, which is s'morebrod. The name originates from og brød, which translates to butter and bread, it is a traditional Danish open-faced sandwich that usually consists of a piece of buttered rye bread, which is a dense, dark brown bread mm. topped with homemade cold cuts, so pieces of meat or fish, cheese or spreads, and garnishes. Now, the s'more usually look very aesthetic, and the bread takes a backseat to the toppings, which overload the sandwich, so oh. it's <laughs> it would be impossible to eat without a knife and fork. Now, that's my kind of sandwich. <laughs> okay. They offer a wide variety of s'more bread, but I ordered the quote-unquote shooting star, which featured fried breaded filet of place served with asparagus and hand-peeled shrimp on fried toast. Also very, very good. <laughs> my husband had the fried gnocchi with baby spinach oyster mushrooms and parmesan sauce which were a little bit over salted so that was kind of a bummer okay now this yeah. is definitely a fine dining experience in total our early dinner came in at just over 100 euro for the both of us okay that's fair for well huh, cuisine <laughs> yeah it felt fair for what we got it was presented very elegantly it's beautiful you got you know cloth napkins and a Nice waiter who spoke perfect English and the whole ambience. It just felt very elevated. So not totally unexpected in terms of pricing. If you just want a snack, though, Tivoli has got you covered. The park has a plethora of sit down restaurants as well as quick service locations. We were there on a Monday and everything was open, we didn't see one single closed restaurant or shop, (laughs) so that's a really stark contrast to Disneyland Paris. Most places you could immediately get service without having to wait in line first, which was a really big plus. Uh, Same goes for the attractions, I mean there was basically no lines. We also had a slice of cake and coffee at Viften, which was a Danish cafe near the lake. Nothing really to report here. Neither the interior nor the cake was particularly special. <laughs> I would say this cafe is a skip, but we were tired and just wanted a place to sit and rest for a moment. Yeah. So it was nice enough for that, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. In the park, you can find Asian, Italian, German and Danish cuisine, as well as your classic burger and fries type establishments. So you've really got a, a, lot of joy. Yeah, a wide yeah, selection nice. of different cuisines to try out. They also had a selection of coffee bars and uh, sweet snacks like ice cream, waffles and cake. Although I didn't see anything with an abundance of fresh fruit like I did in Fantasialand, mm-hmm. you definitely won't go hungry in Tivoli. Okay,
1: lastly, I know that there is a Disney connection and you already mentioned it uh, briefly, so. Can you tell us a bit about it? Yes. So you often
0: hear and see things about non-Disney parks along the lines of, you know, quote unquote, oh, they copied that from Disney or, oh, that's just a knockoff of what you'd find in a Disney park. But what a lot of folks don't know is that Walt did a lot of, well, you know, I don't want to <laughs> say copying, but taking inspiration <laughs> from Tivoli, which is, of course, much older than the original Disneyland in California. Yeah. Before Walt opened his first park in California, he paid several visits to Tivoli after becoming impressed with the family atmosphere and design. Unlike other seedy amusement parks of the day, Tivoli was a clean and orderly park, with lush flowers, tame rides, and a festive family atmosphere. Radio and TV personality art Linkletter accompanied Walt on a trip to the park in 1951, four years before Disneyland opened. Linkletter stated that the movie mogul would spend his time walking around, writing down details about everything from the rides and the food to the lights and the seats. According to a biography on Walt by Pat Williams and Jim Denny, When Art asked what he was doing, Walt replied that he was, quote, "...making notes of something I've always dreamed of, a great, great playground for the children and families of America," end quote. Walt later described Tivoli as, quote, "...spotless, brightly covered, and priced within reach of everyone," end quote. Now, Tivoli is always evolving without abandoning its original charm or traditions, As Georg Karstensen said in 1844, quote, Tivoli will never, so to speak, be finished, end quote. A sentiment echoed just over a century later when Walt Disney said of his own Tivoli-inspired theme park, quote, Disneyland will never be completed. It will continue to grow as long as there is imagination left in the world, end quote. So I thought that was a really interesting history. I didn't know about this. Honestly, before visiting Tivoli, I read about it in one of the guides there, and then I decided to mm-hmm. do some more research before we recorded this episode right. on the topic. So I thought it was very interesting to see that Walt also drew a lot of inspiration from yeah. old European theme parks, specifically Tivoli, and applied those best elements practices, yeah.
1: I guess you could say, into Disneyland. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Well to visit such a piece of history that is also uh, a source of inspiration for the Disney parks. Totally. Most definitely. You definitely feel why
0: the park inspired Disneyland when you walk through it. It's very much Walt's vision of what he was looking for in a park at the time. It was clean, it was orderly, it was well organized and it was beautifully
1: designed. So I can see what he saw in it. Nice. (laughs) So before we conclude. Any final comments or thoughts that you would like to share with us?
0: Yeah, at the end of our trip, even though we love sightseeing and exploring cities, the highlight of our trip was Tivoli Gardens. Of course, what you enjoy is based on personal preference. Mine in particular is being you know good design and themed entertainment mm-hmm. however on TripAdvisor you'll also notice that tivoli is the number two highlight of the city of copenhagen oh. just after the historic harbor which sits at number one so great park lovely city two thumbs up oh and the danish speak excellent english so it was super easy to get around yeah definitely
1: recommend that's a big plus for us totally yeah. <laughs>
0: you know i thought it was really funny so it was danish i didn't know this it has a lot of germanic influence so if you're a german speaker or i'm assuming also if you're a, a dutch speaker Yeah, you can pretty much identify a lot of what the roach signage and menus say. There's a remarkable number of similarities. Yeah.
1: Yeah, nice. It's making life easier. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) The pronunciation will be different, but um, at least you can read some words, right? Totally. You can read a lot. You know, phonetically, to me, it sounded a little bit
0: like dutch honestly when folks were okay. speaking it had a <laughs> similar kind of cadence to it which i thought was interesting it sounded very nice at one time i thought there was a uh, dutch tourist in front of me but it turned out to just be um some danes <laughs> so, <laughs> so i realized that just after a while oh, they're just uh, locals <laughs> so it's oh, cool nice. to hear yeah, yeah 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 i wonder if you ever go what you think if you think it sounds phonetically similar if you think it sounds phonetically more like german
1: <laughs> it's interesting yeah i will check maybe you can find uh well So YouTube videos of people uh, <laughs> speaking some Danish yeah. and compare it uh, to Dutch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Niels, where can people find you? People can find me uh, mainly on Instagram at Parks, and uh, well, all my activities are also um, clustered on my website capturingdisneyparks.com. Awesome. Now before
0: we go, we did want to thank some of our patrons and you can also get a shout out in at the Newport Bay Club tier on patreon.com slash So thank you to Simon. Simon, Anna from IDLP Life, Jen, Jerry, Josh, and Tulips. Thank you so much, everybody. Yeah, thanks very much. You guys, be sure to follow AirMajik on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for more Lampers content. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. It really makes a difference and helps new folks discover the show. And if you do, we might read it on a future episode. Yes. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. Bye bye. Bye bye. So where in the hotel is the
1: restaurant located? Um, it's ground level. Oh, okay. And it's in the right wing. It's pretty easy to find if there are mm-hmm. clear directional signs in the lobby and all the corridors uh, over there. So um, yeah, and it's basically just around the corner of the hotel boutique which is yeah. right on your right side when you enter the lobby. Okay, good
0: to know. I appreciate yeah. that they have good signage. so makes everybody's life much yeah. easier,
1: but Disney's usually pretty good at that. Yeah, and it's actually quite impressive. as When you're in the lobby, it's quite a high ceiling. Yeah. And they have these directional signs everywhere, but they're all, let's say, close to the ceiling. So it feels like a shopping mm-hmm. center, all the, <laughs> the signs to the different uh, wings and facilities. It looks quite impressive. Quite big. Big city uh, style. (laughs) Now that was
0: just a short preview of the full-length Patreon exclusive bonus episode. You can get access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, including the Discoveryland deep dive, stage shows of Disneyland Paris, Disneyland Paris trivia, and so much more. You also get two episodes per month instead of just one. That's twice the Air Magique, and it all starts at just two euro. Now on patreon.com slash <laughs> Thank you for your support. <laughs> See you there.